0: Welcome to the Path to Redemption, a podcast. My name is Daniel Arona, and just remember this simple truth. The Father loves you. Jesus loves you, and the Holy Spirit loves you. I hope you've had a great week. I hope you've had time to sit and pray with the Lord and spend some time with Him, and also spend some time in Scripture and really learn and see what God has for you. I know for the country, it's been a very difficult week, but I'm reminded in 1 Timothy chapter 2, where Paul says, Therefore, I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and reverence for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Amen. So regardless of who's in power we should always pray for those leaders that we may have a, a good and easy life. It's important for us to continue to do that and it really doesn't matter who's in the office and and frankly as a Christian it shouldn't matter one way or another who's in office because we should put our hope in Jesus Christ. just like our fellow Christians in China or our fellow Christians in Iran really don't have any say, And how their governments are led, and neither did Paul, by the way, or John, or any of the disciples after Jesus Christ was ascended unto heaven. They didn't have any say in their governments either, but rather they still walked the way that they needed to in the boldness of the Spirit and the boldness of Christ, putting their faith and trust in Christ, who they loved and who they had a relationship with. And that's what Christians should do as well. We should put all of our faith in Christ and not in elected officials. So, because why? Because we give our faith and we give everything that we have to Christ and he will take care of us. it would supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Amen. But today we're going to continue on with our series and talking about being led by the spirit and what it really means to be led by the spirit. Last week, we talked about being led by the pooling of the spirit, if you will, or being led by unction. Tonight, we're going to talk about being led by... By dreams and visions. Okay, and this is a little different because what this is, is it's you see your dreams, you see visions, you see things that happen. We're gonna talk about the fundamentals of how that happens. We're also gonna talk about the interpretations of it and how important interpretations are. Um, and how misinterpretations can be can be a big deal. We're also going to talk again about, you know, that it's there's three different people that can try and give you dreams. There's dreams from God, there's dreams from the enemy or from Satan, and then there's dreams from yourself. So we're going to talk about all of that to make sure that you have the right guidance here on what happens when God gives you a spiritual dream and how to discern really what, what's a spiritual dream and what's not. So before we get started here, just remember a couple of housekeeping items here. All of our scriptures are going to come from the New King James Version Again, if you needed a copy of the New King James Bible, please feel free to send me an email at pathtoredemptionohio at gmail.com. I will send one out to you. And also remember, you don't have to just take my word for it. Study the scripture to show yourself approved. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I'm here for questions. I'm here to help you. I'm here to help guide you. But I also want you praying and I want you finding out what God really has for you in your own life. Amen. If you do have questions, again, just email me at PathToRedemptionOhio at gmail.com. Okay, so let's look at our base scripture here. Again, we're talking about being led by the Spirit, establishing our sonship or our daughtership, if you will, from the Spirit of the Lord. So Romans chapter 8. And starting at verse 12, it says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our Spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. Amen. So we talked last week about being led by the pool of the Spirit, or unction, if you will, and about how God can really lead us and the Holy Spirit can lead us in those ways. Today we're going to talk about being led by dreams and visions. And Being led by dreams and visions is all through the Bible. I mean, numerous people had dreams, Whether and we're going to look at a couple of examples from the butler and the baker in Joseph's time, back in the book of Genesis, but Nebuchadnezzar had dreams, Daniel had dreams. Uh, A lot of people throughout all of Scripture had dreams about what was going to happen and why it was going to happen. And we see an example or the understanding of the reason why here in the book of Job, So if you have your Bibles, turn to Job chapter 3, and what we're going to do is we're going to start at verse 14, and it says, For God may speak in one way or in another, yet man does not perceive it. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men while slumbering on their beds... Then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction in order to turn man from his deed and conceal pride from man. So Job is basically saying, look, God tries to speak to everyone in one way or another. That can be signs, that can be things that happen throughout the day. It could be a still small voice that he's trying to reach us to. But what ends up happening is that life basically gets in the way, whether it be work, things that are happening at home, things that you have to take care of. And you're not necessarily focused on the things of God or what God wants from you. And that happens to everyone, right? Like We have to work. We have to support our families. We have to do all those things that we need to do. But we also got to make sure that we're giving God time to, to talk to us and to love on us. Remember, I, I've, we've talked about how a, an earthly father will give good gifts to his child, but how much more so does a heavenly father want to give good gifts? As an earthly father we should want to talk to our children every single day. You know, there's not a day that goes by that I don't want to say hi to Isaac or that I don't want to feed him, you know, or I don't want to play Isaac in space and lift him up and get that good laugh out of him. You know, so how much more so does our heavenly father want to talk to us on an everyday basis? Why? Because he's our father and he wants to interact with his children through Jesus Christ. But unfortunately, sometimes we just can't perceive it. So in those times, it says here in verse 15, in a dream of Vision of the night when deep sleep falls upon men while slumbering on their beds, then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction. Oftentimes, God can give us a dream of what he wants from us and where he wants us to go and can seal up our instruction. Now, I'm going to give you a couple of examples from my own life before we turn to scripture. And you know, the two examples I'll give you is that one when I was 18 years old, I had just graduated high school and, and I was on my way to college and I I had a dream where I was going to walk into a church and there was going to be wood paneling on the bottom of it, on the bottom half, right behind the pulpit. And then it was going to to be normal drywall above that. So I searched around and went to a few different churches while I was down there. And then I randomly found this one on this this windy, windy road um, down in Moorhead. And ultimately, as I walked in, There was the paneling on the lower half of of that building, and I knew immediately that's where God had wanted me to go. Why? Because he sealed my instruction in a dream of the night. This happened again, actually, back in February of 2020. When I had a dream that I and I saw a map of Cincinnati, almost like on Google Maps, and, and it was the roadways, and I followed 126 or, or Ronald Reagan down and stopped at Redding Road, and then went due north on Redding Road, and then on the right up just a little bit, there was a church that I was supposed to go to, and sure enough, there's a small small church plant that was there that I ended up going to um, until it ultimately folded up, but. But it was the leading of the God that I knew that I was supposed to be there, and I actually got to rekindle some some really good friendships with people that I went to high school with that went there as well, who I have a ton of respect for and love absolutely in the Lord. So it was it actually turned out to be very very good for us, um, and and what we wanted to do. But the the instruction of God there was very clear, right? And the instruction was sealed up at night and, and Heather and I had felt led to go to church at that point in time. And we had really trying to find where God wanted us to do. We really couldn't get an answer, but ultimately in a dream in a vision of the night When deep sleep fell upon me, and while slumbering in my bed, then he opened the ears of me and sealed my instruction. Amen. And that's how God can do it. And and oftentimes, the dreams that we have from God are very, very plain and very simple and very instructive like that. But then there are other times where the dreams really aren't as instructive. And we see kind of that example here in Genesis chapter 40, where in verse 9, it says, Then the chief butler told his dream to Joseph and said to him, Was before me, and in the vine were three branches. It was as though it budded, it blossoms, shot forth, and its clusters brought forth ripe grapes. Then Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup, and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said to him, This is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. Now within three days Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your place, and you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand according to the Former manner when you were his butler, but remember me when it is well with you, and please show kindness to me. Make mention of me to Pharaoh, and get me out of this house. Now, a little backstory here: Joseph was put in prison because of Potiphar's wife had accused him of trying to come on to her, um, which never actually happened. And but yet he was put in jail anyway. And he finds a butler and a baker. Now that we're looking at the butler's dream, but as you can see in the butler's dream, there are numerous things there that. Joseph had to interpret in order to give the understanding to the butler. See, and that's what happens is sometimes God doesn't necessarily give us clear and concise instruction. He wants us to rely on one another and to go to one another for help. So what ends up happening is that we have to go to someone that we trust. We have to tell that dream to that person, and then that person needs to pray about it and really make sure that they understand what the interpretation is before they report back. And that's so important. Why? Because if it's not someone that we trust, us spiritually, and if it's not someone that we truly believe has, one, our best interest in mind, and two, really wants to follow the, the leading of the Lord, then oftentimes what can happen is that we can be led in different ways. And that's not the way that you want to go. And we're going to talk about this a little bit about the end and, and how to really understand what dreams and what visions are from God and what really separates them. Because remember, there's three different people trying to give you dreams and visions. There's God, there's the enemy or Satan, and there's yourself, too. So we're going to talk a little bit about that here in a second. But I want you to understand, there that dreams are a normal part of a Christian's life and a normal part of the instruction of God, And that, and that if we understand what God's trying to give us and we understand the will that he has for us through dreams, they can be a really effective tool for God to use to help guide us and direct us. Along with dreams, we can also have visions as well. I mean, keep in mind that the entire book of Revelation is basically one giant vision that John had while he was on ex- in exile on the island of Patmos. But God can do that. Sometimes it's like a flash or a quick little flash that, that we'll just see across and, and we'll get it and we'll see it and, and we'll understand what God's trying to get us. Sometimes they're they're pretty straightforward. Other times they'll happen while we're while we're in prayer and we can begin to see things. You know, but the way that visions kind of work is that they're overlaid on just the normal earth or the the things that you would see with your normal eyes. You won't actually see something with your regular eyes, but think of it almost like a projection over top of what you're looking at. You know, we've all been there. If you remember when, when you were in school, you know, and someone would put the projection up and it would be before they dropped the screen down and, and you would see the projection on the chalkboard and on the wall. That's how dreams and visions are. They really kind of go across what you're seeing with your natural eye and ultimately can still give us give us leading, and still give us direction on what we want, on what God wants us to do. A great example of visions and, and their impact come from, comes from Acts chapter 10. In Acts chapter 10, the scripture says, There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household, and gave alms generously to the people, and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel, and God come Coming in and saying to him, Cornelius, and when he observed him, he was afraid and said, "What is it, Lord?" So he said to him, "Your prayers and alms have come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa, and send to for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do." And then the angel who spoke to him had departed. Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier from among those who waited on him continually. So when he explained all these things to them, he sent them to Joppa. So Cornelius here is a, is part of the Roman guard and he's a centurion, but he's not, he, he believes God, but he's not actually come to Jesus Christ at this point. So what ends up happening is that God gives him a vision and gives him clear direction in that vision. Amen. So Peter then has his own vision. It says in verse 9, The next day, as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven, opened up, and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners descend to him and let down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And a voice spake to him again the second time, What God has cleansed you must not call common. This was done three times, and the object was taken up unto heaven again. In verse 17 it says, Now while Peter wondered within himself what his vision which he had seen meant, behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. And they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. While Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, these men are seeking you. Arise therefore, go down and go with them. Doubting nothing, for I have sent them. So, and if you go through the rest of chapter 10, what you understand here is that Peter... Was given a dream that the gospel of Jesus Christ was good enough for the Gentiles. Now, in the vision where the unclean things come down, if you go back into the Old Testament, there are food instructions like you're not supposed to eat insects, you're not supposed to eat certain types of birds, you're not supposed to eat um, certain types of animals, you know, and there, it's all because of a cleanliness and, and there's certain things that you're supposed to eat and not eat, and that's basically what came down the sheet. And, and what happened is that the Spirit of the Lord told Peter to arise. And eat, basically saying what the Lord has cleansed, do not call it common or do not call it call it like it's not unclean. And basically, Peter had a vision saying that the gospel of Jesus Christ was good enough for the Gentiles or for the non-Jews. And ultimately, he goes to Cornelius's house, and then Cornelius's entire household repents and is baptized and comes to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, which is absolutely amazing. But the vision here again, came in in a little bit more of a cryptic understanding that Peter didn't have immediate understanding the way that Cornelius did. But as Peter walked through his experience and followed the leading of the Spirit as God was talking to him, the dream and the vision that he had ends up coming to pass and that he recognizes that the gospel is good for the Gentiles. Amen. And that's really important for us because sometimes we're not going to have interpretation immediately. Sometimes it's going to take time and sometimes we need to put them on the shelf. One of the things that I do is I actually keep notes and I keep, uh, I do a quick little thing in just one note on my computer about the dreams that I had. And I describe them in the, in the, in my OneNote, And then I'll wait for the interpretation. If God's either going to give it to me or someone else, because they're important. You never want to forget the dreams. Dream or the vision that God's given you, and I do the same thing for visions that I may have when I'm in prayer, or things that make that God tries to show me, because I want to keep that record. I, I may forget it ten years from now, but it might become important that far in advance. So. Understanding here, and I gave you some quick examples here of of how visions and dreams can really impact us and can oftentimes bring new leadings into your life. So I talked about how when we're led by unction, oftentimes God, you know, it's something easy. It can be you as the witness and the spirit is the witness and, and no major life decisions will come from that. Visions and dreams can be a little bit different, okay? You can have a vision, you can have a dream where God wants you to do something, and God may be leading you in a specific direction, and it may actually be a life-changing event, or it may be something that God really wants you to do. So, I mean, I'll give you another example. When we moved to our current house, I had a dream that we stayed in Fairfield. And that was ultimately the goal for us was that we felt that we should stay in this city for whatever reason or whatever purpose that God wanted, wanted ultimately for him to have. And we ended up finding the perfect house for us at a great price and and all these things. And God really makes a way out of no way for us, but... Ultimately, the dream gave me confirmation of a of a move that we were wanting to make, but one that we felt that we really needed the leading of the Spirit because it's life altering. If we went to the wrong community, then my my son may not prosper. He may not may not fulfill what God wants for him. So, oftentimes the dreams and the visions can bring new leadings into your life. Now, here's the other thing I would say to you too, in Second Corinthians chapter 13 in verse one. It says, this will be the third time I I am coming to you. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. So it's important that we understand that whatever dream or whatever vision you have, we should never, in whatever direction you feel that God wants you to go, we shouldn't act on any of those major things without a second witness. Okay, And I'm saying a second witness independent of you, and independent of what you feel God's wanting you to do for me, oftentimes that's, that's usually my mom or my dad, where I will call them up and I'll say, Hey, I, f- I need you to pray about something. We feel like we should move. And just in terms of the house, we feel like we should move. Can you pray about where God wants us to move? And that's it. Won't tell them where, won't tell them where God's leading us, but let them get it independently of anything that God has shown or given me. And the reason for that is because it allows us to make sure that we are confirming what the Spirit wants for us. Amen. Out of the mouths of two or more witnesses shall every word be established. Now, we've kind of talked that there are three that want to give you dreams and three that want to give you visions. There's God, which we've talked about, okay, and we've kind of seen here. And there's also Satan, right? And there's also yourself. So again, very similarly, everything has to line up with scripture. Because remember in 1 John chapter 5, in verse 6, it says, This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who bears witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father... The Word, which is Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness on the earth. The Spirit, the water, which is the Word of God, or the written Word, and the blood. And these three agree as one. Right, So the blood or the redemption of Christ has to agree with the scripture and it has to agree with the spirit. Amen. And that's how you know. If it doesn't line up with scripture, if you have a dream or a vision that doesn't line up with scripture, then my advice to you is to throw it out. Do not believe it. Don't put your face behind it at all, because it has to line up with Scripture. If you have a dream or a vision that glorifies you or glorifies some earthly thing, I would also advise you to throw that one out as well, because there's a humility in God, there's a humility in wisdom, um, and it's important for us to understand that God's not going to show us high and lifted up the way that we think that He would right? He's going to show us certain things that, that he wants. And I'll give you an example of mine. I had a vision when I was, when I was in prayer just a couple months ago and this vision, I was on a pedestal and I was raising up, raising up. And then all of a sudden there was a ceiling and in this ceiling, I was being—I couldn't get past the ceiling, and while I was still going up, I was beginning to be crushed underneath, and I was bending down as low as I possibly could because I could not get past that ceiling. Now, what that tells you is that even as I've progressed in the Lord personally, and while I've continued to grow spiritually in the Lord, the ceiling that was there means that there is one aspect of my life that is hindering everything else. For me to go any further with the Lord. And that's something that God and I are working on, and something that really the Holy Spirit's opening my eyes to, and a bunch of different things here. But that just gives you an example, right? While I was going up and up and up, it was showing me a barrier that was prohibiting my movement further up, right? It did not glorify me, but rather showed me in a position where I couldn't go any further. So if you have something that glorifies you or makes you great or wonderful or anything like that, my advice is that you don't necessarily believe that and put your faith behind it, but rather that you go to the Lord, you find out what it means, or if it's not from him, or if it's something that's going to glorify you. Because what will happen is that if it doesn't come to pass and it doesn't happen, then you'll be disappointed and you can create bitterness in God and you can be be angry at God for things not going your way. So All of that is very, very important, and to be able to discern what's coming and what's really from the Lord. Okay. But before you take any action on any vision, on any dream, if it's not a straightforward dream or a straightforward vision, like the one I I gave you when I was being led to churches, or even the one I just gave you on, on the ceiling issue. Then I would ask that you hold tight, that you wait, that you ask a trusted Christian who you know to give you to help you with the interpretation to pray. If you don't have someone, you can feel free to email me um at pastorredemptionohio at gmail.com and I will pray about it. I will, you know, do the best I possibly can to help you and make sure that you're making the right decisions in the Lord. Amen. Because at the end of the day, what we want is we want to be led by the spirit, but we don't want to be led by our own spirit. And we don't want to be led by the enemy or Satan. We want to make sure that we're following God and that we're doing exactly what he wants. And sometimes that means that we need to have interpretations of our dreams, interpretations of our visions to make sure that they're from God and that we fully understand, because we want to do everything with the wisdom and the understanding that God has. Amen. So I hope you got something out of this. I hope you understand what it is to be led by dreams and visions, that it's a regular part of a Christian's life. It is an absolute regular part of our lives and should be. Again, another bit of advice, make sure that you're you're keeping a journal of these because sometimes they're for right now. And then other times there's something that you're going to need a few years down the road. Okay. Now I'll give you another example of that real quick, and I'm going to end on this. Is that I had a dream or a vision? It was before my dog, my buddy, who passed away recently, and and it's still still pretty tough on us here, because he was part of our family. He was he was my spiritual dog, and that's stories for a different time. But I had a he when the first time that he went to the vet, he had stopped eating, and it was just not a good situation, and we weren't sure what was going on, and um, I had a dream, and in my dream, what ended up happening is that I my son. Um, who we didn't have at the time, either. We had a child, and he was he came up to me and he ran up to me and said and was asking me about Buddy in my dream. And I was talking with Isaac about who Buddy was and how he had passed and and everything. and and I found I thought it was interesting because that gave us, and I had that dream about a week before Buddy got sick, and ultimately it gave us what we could stand on to make sure that buddy was gonna come out of the issue that he had with his diabetes. Come to find out he had diabetes, just needed some insulin shots, and it was good to go. And he turned into a brand new dog after that. And he was such a great dog for for about three years after that. But in that dream, it gave us what we could stand on. Why? Because Isaac wasn't here yet. And we could actually see exactly what God was going to do. And we knew that buddy was going to come out of that. So that can give you another example. God can give you dreams and visions to give you something to stand on. And it's something for in the future that you're going to need. So keep that journal and keep the, write down the interpretations with it too. It's just a, a good piece of advice that I have for you. Okay. So I hope, again, I hope you got something out of it this week's Song of the week comes from Toby Mac on the elements album, which is a great album. If you have not had a chance to listen to it, I, I just encourage you to from top to bottom it's phenomenal but this week's song comes from the Toby Max Ele- the elements album and it's I just need you um, absolutely love the song when I'm up when I'm down when the wolves come around when my feet hit the ground I just need I just need you um, it's all about how we just need Jesus Christ in our everyday life and and how no matter what happens that Christ is everything. Amen. So again, I hope you're enjoying this series. I hope you're understanding what this is. Again, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to email me at pathtoredemptionohio at gmail.com. I will respond. You know, But just remember the simple truth as you go through the rest of your week. The Father loves you, Jesus loves you, and the Holy Spirit loves you. God bless.